This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. It's so exciting that we have been studying Jesus as the healer, as a larger part of the four square Jesus. In other words, Jesus is Savior. Jesus is baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is healer. And Jesus is the soon coming King. To be honest with you, these teachings have totally blown, blown my limitations and expanded my own consciousness and understanding. I thought I'll do this in about a, week, a month or two, and it's been going on for months and months and months now. Well, as long as the Holy Spirit is teaching us, I have no objections. Do you? So let's begin today's study. I want to begin by asking two questions. A few days ago, possibly a few weeks ago, I was reading or listening to the great man of God by the name of A.W. Tozer. Late, gone to be with the Lord, but a very influential speaker and author in his days. And he asked two questions to his audience. First questions, should Christians be defeated in life? Should Christians be defeated in their spiritual life, in their physical life, in their financial life, in any aspect of their lives? And he responded, okay, let me tell you the second question first, tell you his response. So two questions, Brother A.W. Tozer asked his audience. Number one, should Christians be defeated? Number two, are Christians being defeated? Are Christians experiencing defeat? So the first question is, is being defeated consistent with the nature and the power of Christianity? Secondly, are Christians who have been born again, who have been given this fantastic, amazing, almost incredible heritage in Christ, are they actually ending up defeated in life? To the first question he answered, I don't know. I don't know if Christians are supposed to be defeated. But to the, to the second question, he answered in the affirmative, yes, there are more defeated Christians than there are victorious Christians. Now, let me say this. It's very, very, very important that I say this. If these teachings have brought you any feelings of shame or guilt, please know that that does not come from God, that does not come from the Holy Spirit, that is not our intention. If showing you who you are in Christ, what you are in Christ, what is made available to you in Christ, which is a far cry from your experience, if it makes you feel guilty, please realize that guilt does not come from the Holy Spirit. Shame does not come from the Holy Spirit. comes from your enemy. Because those two emotions are debilitating. They are devastating. They are demobilizing. They are not motivating towards righteousness. 
Now, let me adapt Brother Toza's question to my course of study today. Should Christians be sick? As I said that, I remember Isaiah 33, 24. They that dwell in Zion shall not say, I am sick. I also think of Exodus 15, 27, 26. I will take away from you the sickness of the Egyptians. Exodus 23, 25. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. So should Christians be sick? Second question, are Christians sick? Well, unlike the first question, brother Toza gave, I will say Christians should not be sick. There is enough provision for Christians never to be sick. However, are Christians sick? We answer in the affirmative, yes. Yes, Christians are as sick as non-Christians. There is as much sickness in the body of Christ than there is outside the body of Christ. And even in the area of um, gluttony, some of us Christians are probably worse than unbelievers because we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't use drugs. We just eat. We eat in services. We eat special occasions. We just eat. Christmas, we eat. Easter, we eat. All kinds of holidays during the year, we eat. So what is, why is it then that Christians are sick? There is no easy answer to those questions. But I've got to reiterate this. I have worked in divine healing for decades. I have also leaned on medical science for most of my life. If us showing you what Jesus accomplished on the cross for you makes you feel guilty, once again, this is not from God. Jesus took our shame. He didn't have to hang on that cross naked. I don't know if you have seen those, cru those uh, crucifixes. With Jesus hanging nicely on the cross, smooth-bodied, except for one spot on his, on the palm of his hand, another one by the side, by his ribcage, and just some neat holes in his feet. That is nothing like what Jesus looked like. Jesus was completely naked, completely broken, his skin shredded into pieces, intestines possibly hanging out, teeth knocked out, eyeball hanging out of socket. It was a complete mess. That's why Isaiah 53 says he didn't look even human. There was nothing in him that we should desire him. Romans 12 tells us Jesus took, he looked at the shame before him. He gazed at the pain and he despised it. He despised it because of the joy that he saw ahead of him. Because of the glory that he saw ahead of him. So all that shame, all the mockery, Jesus was crucified in the public square. He was crucified in, an, in, in, in the center of town, so much so that they had to write Jesus, King of the Jews, in several languages. It was like a confluence of ethnicities and nations and tribes and languages. As cosmopolitan or metropolitan. His exposure, his shame was grand. It was comprehensive. That shame he bore for you and I, so that we don't have to bear the shame. Even if we have done shameful things in our past, even if we have done things for which we should be legitimately ashamed of ourselves, 
We can cast our cares. According to Psalm 55, cast our burdens. Shame is a burden. I remember reading the great man of God, Tommy Lee Osborne, as he ministered to a young lady who was so bowed. This lady was so bound with inferiority and shame that she literally crumbled. She literally folded. Her shoulders drooped. Her head permanently lowered. And as the man of God began to speak to her and begin to tell her who she was in Christ, that she is a daughter of a king, that Jesus took her shame, there's no basis for any shame in her life, that she's more than a conqueror, that the greater one lives in her, that she has the ability of God, the wisdom of God, the capacity of God, that she had the, 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 the DNA of God literally in her, that she's a participant in the divine nature, this lady literally just opened up. Her shoulders began to square. Her heads began to lift. For God is our glory and the lifter up of our head. Romans chapter 8 says, There is not, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If there is condemnation, it doesn't come from Christ. If there is condemnation, it doesn't come from walking in the Spirit. It comes from yielding to the flesh. It comes from yielding to the unrenewed man. I cannot emphasize these two points. I cannot emphasize them sufficiently enough. No condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. This is the beauty of the completeness and the totality of Christ's forgiveness. Jesus looked at one of the criminals crucified with him and said, I say to you tonight, in spite of a life of criminality, in spite of your conviction, in possibly a court of law, you will be with me in paradise. I guarantee that. I mean, he literally got saved on the cross. And so God says, come, let us reason together. Isaiah 1 verse 19. Come, let's reason together. Even if your sin is as, as red as scarlet, they will be whiter than snow. David said in Psalm 51, wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Wash me with your hyssop. You can stand before the Lord just as if you've never seen before. Justified, sanctified, glorified, redeemed of the Lord. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall come with rejoicing and singing everlasting songs. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Yes, I know when the Spirit of God brings conviction upon your soul, sometimes you, you have feelings of guilt and shame, but that is only to lead you to the cross. That is only to lead you to the fountain of the blood that is fresh on Calvary's cross. In a millisecond, you get to the cross and the blood, the blood of Jesus renders you like a brand new model. Again, gives you a brand new start, a brand new day. When the father of the prodigal son, if you remember that story, said to the, pro to the older brother of the prodigal son, after the older brother accused the father of wasting his money on this prodigal child, and now that he has gone and lost everything, he's come back home. And now the father has declared a big party in his honor. And he says, you have never even given me a goat. You see, our, the older brother's vision of, of grandeur was just a goat. And the father says, no, 
a goat is a short change. You could have a party. You could have this kind of party all the time. Everything I have left actually belongs to you. Because when he divided his, his wealth, the Bible says he divided his wealth between the older and the younger brother. All I have is yours. You just didn't realize it. You didn't make a demand on it. You didn't appropriate it. So when I say Christians are not supposed to be sick, I'm not trying to shame you. I'm trying to point your attention to what Christ has made available. I'm trying to point your attention to what is legitimately yours. Something that has been credited to your account. Like that older brother, you must take delivery of it. You must make a demand for it. It is not my intention to increase your knowledge intellectually, to increase your knowledge mentally. It is my knowledge to illuminate your spirit to such a point that you will respond. You will respond to divine illumination and take what belongs to you in Christ. You see, the truth is not always factual and the facts are not always truthful. Let me say that one more time. The truth is not always factual. And the facts don't always appear truthful. Many years ago, a medical doctor suggested that germs are the real causes of diseases. And therefore, doctors are supposed to wash their hands when they go from an autopsy to a a delivery. When they go from eye surgery to knee surgery, they should wash their hands. In those days, doctors didn't wash their hands. They could be conducting an autopsy one minute and delivering a baby next minute. Because the medical science at this time, roughly 200 and something years ago, had no real concept of germs. This doctor actually died in an insane asylum because he was laughed, he was mocked, he was cancelled. He was, he, was, he was disqualified for practicing medicine. And now today, doctors engage in elaborate washings before and after surgeries, before and after interfe- interacting with contagion. At that time, they didn't know it. It was the truth, but it didn't bear with the facts. Medical science did not acknowledge that. In the days of, of COVID, hundreds of articles Hundreds of articles were written by supposedly credible scientists. Today, those many hundreds of articles have now been scrubbed out of medical journals. From Lancet, for example, as an American medical journal, hundreds, 300 at least, of studies that endorsed the the so-called science of COVID have now been recognized as false. So the truth is not always factual. And the facts are not always the truth. Another example. Somebody suggested many years ago that you could travel in a vehicle at the speed of 100 miles an hour. The most advanced mathematician of the era said that was impossible because people will literally choke from the the draft of wind. You see, experts are usually the biggest problems because whatever they don't know, they believe to be false. But there are things that you don't see. You see, when children are four months old or younger, if they can't see it, they think it does not exist. So if you take a toy away from a three-year-old, he doesn't look for it. 
Because in his world, he does not exist. But once that child gets to a certain age, he takes his toys, he's looking for it. He knows the mere fact that he cannot see it does not mean it does not exist. If you and I wake up and the sun is completely disappeared from from the atmosphere, from the, from the sky, do we think the church, the sun has ceased to exist? No. Somebody suggested many, many years ago that ships could be built out of steel. He was laughed to scorn. Even the most moronic person knows that steel will sink in water. The first person to suggest building airplanes out of steel must have been laughed to scorn because we know that gravity will not allow steel to stay in the air. That was a fact of the day. That was a fact of the time. But the truth was we could suspend hundreds or millions of tons of steel on water almost perpetually, in perpetuity. We could put chunks of metal, millions of chunks of huge metals in the form of airplanes and aircrafts in the atmosphere and keep it there almost almost perpetually. They could refuel there and continue flying almost nonstop for a long time. What am I trying to say? Christians are sick, yes. But is the provision being made for us never to be sick? Yes. What is the fact? The fact is we are sick. The fact is when everyone is being afflicted, Christians are afflicted. But the truth is it does not have to be. You see, in Egypt, the last crushing blow to the Egyptians was the slaying of the firstborn. Every firstborn in Israel had to die, except those who had the blood on their doorposts. Every firstborn, regardless of stature, regardless of social standing, regardless of wealth or economic power, from the slaves to the pharaoh, every single family lost somebody, except those who have the blood on their lintels. Well, the blood of Jesus is upon you. Every time you come into the presence of God, the angels of God sprinkle the blood of Jesus upon you to redeem your spirit, to restore your soul, to cleanse your conscience. So the blood is no longer on lintels and doorposts. The blood is now upon the spirit and the soul and even the body of the saint. And that blood sets us apart. So the truth is, by his stripes, you have been healed. The fact may be that right now you've lost an arm, you've lost a limb, you've lost sight in one eye, on lost hearing 95% on that ear. The fact may be that you've been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. That's a fact. That's a medical fact. Provable demonstrable, measurable fact, that may be your fact. That may be your reality. Kidney condition, high blood pressure, arthritis, gout. It may be your condition, liver cirrhosis, even mental illness, schizophrenia may be your fact. But the truth is, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement that that brought you peace has been laid upon him. And by his stripes, 
you have been healed. The truth is sickness is a curse of the law. The truth is sickness is an oppression of the devil. The truth is sickness is the workings of hell. The truth is you don't have to bear the weight of that sickness because Jesus takes it all. What if I believe what you are telling me, Pastor? And nothing changes. It doesn't change the truth. If I, the person teaching you this, were to pass away tomorrow from cancer, that's not going to happen. But if that were to happen, it will not invalidate the word of God. Because the word of God is greater than any human being's experience. And so this is not based on my experience. This is not based on my personal philosophy or my personal theology. This is based on the truth of the word of God. Jesus healed them all before he went to the cross. Then he went to the cross and permanently took care of sickness and disease. Just like Jesus forgave the sins of people before he went to the cross. You see, so why did he have to go to the cross? Because if he hadn't gone to the cross, Jesus would have to forgive sins every day. Jesus would have to forgive one person multiple times a day. So he had to go to the cross to make a final one size fit all. So that all the sinner need do is repent. And it will be forgiven. Whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, all he needs to do is sorry. And he will be forgiven. He doesn't have to be forgiven over and over and over again. He doesn't remain a sinner. You see, if Jesus never went to the cross, he will be forgiven, but he will remain a sinner. But because he went to the cross, the nature of man is transformed. Man is now a saint. Man is now a child of God. He doesn't need to be a sinner saved by grace every Sunday. He is a he was a sinner. He has been saved by grace. He is now a child of God. In the same length, Jesus forgave. Jesus healed before he went to the cross. He would have to heal and heal and heal and heal. But now that he has gone to the cross, I can say without any fear of contradiction, without consulting my body and my senses, by his stripes I'm healed. I don't have to consult my head if it's aching. I don't have to consult my stomach. I don't have to consult my feet. I can just relax in the reality, in the realization that by his stripes, I am healed. Isaiah 53 verse 1, whose report would you believe? Would you believe the report of your senses above the report of God? Would you believe the report of the doctors above the report of God? Would you believe the report of the pharmaceutical industry above the report of God? No, no, we believe the report of the Lord. I will rather die believing the report of the Lord than leave believing, believing the report of man. I'd like you to lift your hands and worship Jesus right now. And say, Jesus, I embrace you as my healer. I don't put my trust in this medication. I put my trust in you to make this medication even effective if I must take medication. I will not put my confidence in a doctor. They are humans. They make mistakes. And sometimes they are ignorant. I put my trust that you will work through the doctors if you have to. But sir, I give you the option to work beyond medical science, beyond doctors and medication. In the name of Jesus, if you are listening to me and you are not born again, he cannot be your healer until he is first your savior. 
So fall on your knees, lift your hands to heaven and say, Jesus, save my soul. Give me hope and a future in the world to come. I thank you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus two seven eight one three double zero double six double three. Also, like, subscribe and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. See you next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.